Classic Business with Michael Avery on FMR. Now, I said before, it doesn't exactly dominate the news cycle, but uh, South Africa's industrial policy is uh, seriously important for economic growth and job creation. And it is fair to say that our industrial policy attempts haven't yielded the desired results so far. Uh, globally, we see this week trade ministers from around the world gathering in Abu Dhabi for a World Trade Organization meeting that aims to set new global commerce rules. But its chief, Ngozi Nkonjo Iwelia, and uh, she's Nigerian and delegates sought to curb expectations today. The almost 30-year-old global watchdog whose rules uh, underpin 75% of global commerce uh, tries to strike deals by consensus, but such efforts are becoming more difficult amid signs that the global economy is fragmenting into separate blocks. The meeting comes at a time when a new report published today by XA Global Trade Advisors is forced looking at how long it takes for tariff investigations to be completed, uh, reveals some pretty grim reading, to uh, put it mildly. I'm joined now by Donald Mackay, the CEO, and Annika Janssen von Fieren, analyst at uh, XA Global Trade Advisors. Uh, Donald, welcome to the show. Uh, But Annika, I'd like you to actually kick us off, because in the report, you've analysed, I think, every tariff investigation conducted by ITAC in the last 21 years, and I believe you did a lot of the legwork. So, Chapeau, can you just provide some context on the methodology used to analyse the investigations conducted by ITAC over the last uh, 21 years? Of course. So, we looked at all of the reports published by ITAC when they started in 2003, up until the latest one, um, I think that was December of last year, and that was roughly 450 reports. So we capture basically everything that is sent in the report that is important. Who is the applicant? When was the application filed? Did ITAC's report come out? And when was the final decision eventually made? Either it was rejected or not. So all of that um, point is captured. And the 20 years give us an enormous um, amount of data and these points to compare to each other. And Annika, can you just elaborate on the importance of tariffs as a policy instrument within the context of global trade, particularly in relation to the WTO that's meeting this week and the the GATS, the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade? The point of tariffs is to specifically help an industry if they're not able to compete with imports coming in. But the problem is with some of the um, tariffs that we're seeing is it's evergreen. So they were implemented, but they're not being reviewed. So we have no idea if the tariffs that are in place is actually protecting an industry or are they just being um, stickers or being stuck around for the last last 20 years. And that's uh, one of the important findings. Another, Donald, to bring you in, is that there's been an almost complete withdrawal from using import duty instruments by the private sector. Uh, How do the findings of this report really differ from the previous three reports on tariff investigations? Well, I guess the the distinguishing factor is that uh, with each report, it got steadily worse. So we're not the lowest level in 20 years. We've only had two private sector applications in the last six months. There, there appears to be a complete disengagement. This has potentially really serious consequences. If, if companies feel that the price being extracted from them is too high by government, then they will simply not play the game. Now, if, if you're government and you're trying to use these interventions as a way to get companies to do what you want, 
then I guess to use Minister Patel's bring and bry analogy, we now have nobody arriving for the bry. And that's kind of where we are at the moment. Why is that? I mean, when you say the price being extracted is too high, are you talking about those reciprocal agreements? Uh, What are companies saying about our uh, tariff and trade remedies that they don't like? Yeah, so I think there are probably two big problems. The one is it's taking too long. So just, you know, there's, there's an investigation that will turn five years old next month. And that is just truly astonishing. We, we have no frame of reference for that. We've never, ever dealt with an investigation that has gone on for five years. And if you think for a moment, the in- investigation has to be based on, on information that was provided before covid so it's it's almost inconceivable that you could arrive at a rational decision on that. And so I think if you're if you're applying to, to ITAC for a duty increase or reduction and you anticipate it's going to take six months because that's what all the policy documents take, and then the reality is it takes five years, then why would you even want to play that game? And I, yes, I think the, the new condition that they've added on reciprocal agreements is particularly onerous. Um, so there's now a demand for you to make domestic procurement uh, commitments from some or other localized company. Government doesn't tell you who it is. They say you have to make the commitment blind. There will be a supplier in the market in two, three, four years' time, but you need to commit now that you'll stop your imports and you'll buy from them when they're up and running. Um, we don't know who they are. We don't know why government is taking on the role of salesman for for a sector. But but obviously this is quite alarming. And and you know it's moving government from being a regulator to actually being a participant or might even say a competitor in the market. Uh, and that's obviously not a good situation. So I would think those two things, probably more than anything else, yeah. are driving people away. Annika, when you look at it, what are the factors that you see contributing to the significant delays? Let's start there in in completing tariff investigations, particularly in the stages involving government uh, ministers. I'm not actually sure how to answer that, but I think the problem is there is no communication um, from their side as well. So you make your submission, it goes through the whole process with ITEC, and then at some point they say the investigation is now at an advanced stage. So you have no idea whether it's on which minister's desk it is, if they have seen it. There's no um, transparency. So you have no idea where in the process your application is. And then out of the blue, you get the reciprocal commitments. And that adds to the whole process because now you have, if you have a big business, you need to talk to your stakeholders about this. It's not as easy as just signing off on it and moving on. Uh, clearly, having a situation where... In your report, you celebrate a rather tongue-in-cheek uh, the fifth birthday of uh, an investigation that's still ongoing. This lack of deadlines for tariff investigations clearly is an important uh, factor here. Is it about maybe amending the legislation here to impose some kind of deadline to improve the situation? Donald, how, how do we get better outcomes here? Because this is the fourth report. As you said, the trend and really what distinguishes this one is that it is just getting worse. The further back you go, um, you know, the worse the trend uh, is in terms of what it reveals. And, and the data is a huge concern for our economy, for our industrial competitiveness. 
Yes, I, I, I think we, we have to regulate the regulator here in, in some way because it's, it's become quite acceptable for, for an investigation to run on for years. So clearly, we, we, we can't rely on any kind of self-regulation to get these things done quickly. And I, I think the, the tariff regulations need to be updated to put a hard cutoff in so that, you know, we, we are proposing after 12 months, if the case is, has not been um, finalized, then it's either automatically approved or it's automatically rejected. I mean, the detail of that would have to be looked at. But what it can't go on for is a just the, an endless period. There has to be some way to force it to resolution. And in terms of the evergreen duties, I mean, is there anything that can be adopted to address the prevalence of these long-standing duties that uh, haven't been reviewed for over 20 years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the answer here is ITAC simply, they legally can do this already. They need to begin self-initiating investigations and begin working their way through that list. If, if they'd like us to give them a list of priorities, we can we can do that for them. But, but ITAC have to commence. Um, I would also argue that the, the regulation should probably be amended to create an automatic review after a, a given period so that if duties haven't been reviewed within a five-year period, there's an automatic requirement that it be reviewed. But but we clearly can't rely at the moment on government to, to do this off their own bat. And I think this is a good opportunity to, to regulate, um, which would be in the interest of the public. Donald Mackay, CEO of XA Global Trade Advisors, uh, who is joined by Annika Janssen von Vieren, an analyst at XA Global Trade Advisors, with the results of their fourth report. They make for a very disturbing reading, uh, looking at uh, 93% of all the tariff codes which attract duties and which were used in 2023 uh, have last been reviewed more than 20 years ago. That speaks to that evergreening and the fact uh, that there's also been an almost complete withdrawal from using duty instruments by the private sector at times of economic distress we should really be seeing the opposite uh, and uh, sadly it seems like uh, the ministers involved are asleep at the wheel and are just oblivious uh, to these very alarming findings we're going to have to invite them on to the show to find out what itac and the various ministries make of all of this you're listening to classic business classic business with michael avery on fmr